This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it. As we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Good afternoon. We're live in downtown Toronto at the Zoomerplex. This is Consignment Heroes, and our phone lines are open. If you have an item that you'd like a free assessment of, you can give us a call right now at 416-360-0740. That's 416 416- 360 If you're out of town, it's 1-866-744-740. That's 1-866-744-740. Joining us in studio are two of the stars from Storage Wars Canada and Northern Treasures on A&E, Paul Kenny and his son Bogart Kenny. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How's it going? Good, good. You see, now, Bogart, this is the first time he's been here in a while, eh? Yeah, he's been jet-set traveling all over the world, really, isn't he? Yeah, a little yeah. tired, you know. And you know that we're on TV now. Yes, yes. We and all have cameras in our faces, yes. We all have cameras now. Oh, you mean now, not before. No, we weren't before, but now it, that's the reason Bogart's here, right? Eh? I told him we were going to be on camera. He says, okay, Dad, I'm oh, here. Oh, his hair's all done, right, yeah. His hair's all done. He's got one of those little Spray men. Spray tan. He's all set. He's all no, set. No, he's got a little man bun up there. How'd you get the headphones over the man bun? It's not. wasn't too hard, all right? I've been practicing. <laughs> okay. But it's, uh, no, I saw that this week. I did a couple of house calls, and I said, yeah, we watch you on the on the screen. So that's why I brought some props, because I never thought, because you know, in the beginning, we didn't have TV. I mean, right. We didn't have cameras. Yeah. So, and you'd say, well, why are you talking about or show, trying to so, show something that the people can't see. Well, you have many items. You can, throughout the show, if you pick any of them up, show yeah. them to the camera in front of you, and then people can see what you're talking about, like this giant brick of silver. Yeah. There, there you go, in front of the camera. Does that help? There you go. Camera that is much. 100 ounces of silver. Now, we had a customer this week, a client this week, actually. They sold their house, and the first thing they did was they bought 4,000 ounces of silver. Now, why would somebody do something like that? That's to protect your wealth. It's not for if it's going to go up. It's to protect your wealth. Yes. And people are buying their houses, and, and they go to a financial advisor, and he'll never tell you to buy silver because he doesn't make any money off it. Okay? Wait, I thought the conspiracy of selling investments. This is true because you could also go to your investment advisor and say, wait a second. Last two years in Toronto, how has this practically doubled in value? I don't, you, you, you told me to buy Microsoft. You didn't tell me to buy a house in Toronto. Where was that advice? I know, I know. Couldn't and, you buy gold and silver from the bank before? Can you still do that? You, you still, still can, do, yeah. But they, they're pro- they're, they charge big fees, and, and they want to know where they got the money. And They'd prefer that you buy what are called ETFs, the electronic version of it, like a stock uh, that suggests yeah, like that, a contract. You're, yeah, that you're yeah. linked to physical yeah. silver. But sometimes they say getting the actual physical silver is difficult. Oh, I see. Yeah, but no, but the, you should never buy ETFs. Because Electronically it, traded funds, funds, yes. No. You're saying hold physical. Yeah, if there's an old story in gold and silver. If you don't own it, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. Right. If someone, Otherwise, it's like a $5 bill in God we trust, and if they go bankrupt, you're not getting it. But if you have the gold and silver in your hands, 
You own it, and no one can take it away from you. Right. And there's another rule. He who has the gold makes the rules. He who has the gold makes the rules. Isn't that, that's a nice scene. I wish I could take more pictures of that. (laughs) So whether or not you have gold coins or silver coins, maybe old jewelry, statues, or art, fine china, antique toys, maybe sports memorabilia, maybe an old piece of advertising, a sign from an old gas station, maybe it's an old record collection. Anything you own you think might have some special value, you can call this show and maybe get some clarity. Who knows, maybe you have a lottery ticket lying in your basement, as Paul always says. Yeah. Some old items that have been forgotten for decades that might be very collectible right now. You just have to listen to a show like this or learn through a show like this that there's a market for it. Costume jewelry is a good example. You were saying for years people go, ah, just throw out the costume jewelry. Not anymore. That's an exploding market right now. On two ways. One, the costume jewelry can be worth money if it's signed, okay? People collect costume jewelry. Or some of the retro, people of the 60s and 50s and 40s is coming back and people want to use it. But this week, a person brought in some costume jewelry. Dang, I, I ruined it. I said it's not all costume. Some of it's gold and silver. They didn't know. They didn't know. Wow. And it's like, you know, this is gold, this is silver. And I said, this one looks like gold. I'm not sure, but let's go test it, you know. And they ended up being very, very happy. Okay. Wow. So old costume jewelry, they didn't know it had gold in it. Even when Bogart and I got lockers. Remember times we'd go through the drawers, there'd be a, a dresser set there and then or a little jewelry box or on the, the bedside drawer, and there'd be a gold ring next to it. People don't think about that. Yeah, you, it's worth it to check every single piece. Even if it takes you hours, you can find it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this week, um, we did a house this week. We, we actually clean houses right to, the, right to the bare bones, okay? Like it's what we call swept clean. And so if, if you're selling a house, and if you, we sell what can be sold, but some stuff has to be disposed of. But after the disposal, we go through the mattresses, Actually, because we want to show, um, there are a lot of people putting money in the mattresses. That is not well, an well, old like wise. In the 1930s? That is not. No, it happens today. People still stuff their mattresses? I can't believe that. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. This is, no, this is. Wow. Uh, okay. I do it. Well, Bogart and I, when we're doing the show, we would. <laughs> when Bogart and I did the show, we would bring a mattress or a couch to the dump sometimes because you can't, you can't really sell them. The first thing they do is they slice them open. They found twenty five. The one time they found twenty five thousand. It's not off. I mean, they'll find five hundred, a thousand, and what'll happen is someone will put in their mattress and forget about it. Um, your mother or father might go into an old age home. The kids come in. Oh, we cleaned out the house. We made it all good. Right. And they threw out the mattresses, and the parents freak out. And granddad kept, kept his walking around money in the side of the mattress or something like mattress. that. Yeah. And it happens more often than not. And it's also just in the couches, just stuff falls down while you're asleep watching the right. late night television. Gotcha. But it does happen. This is an absolute fact it happens. But when we clean, and you have to look in little hiding spots. A person this week brought in a box that they didn't find for a year. That had been hidden hidden in the house? Hidden in the house. And they brought it in. They said they divided it up. And I gave all the price. It was gold, silver, coins, and some stuff not worth anything. But there was gold and silver in that box. So mom or granddad or grandma, they they kept some valuables somewhere hidden in the house and nobody knew about it. And if they sell the house, the other people aren't going to say, hmm, no, this is with the house. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So this is why this is important that we're professionals in what we do. Okay. And people should use us for what we sometimes on this case, Bogart's going to be working all week. And, and it's a case of it's, it costs money to do the work, but he'll end up returning more to the family than they're, than they're paying. Interesting. But, all right. But 
Like, like okay, so should I put my like pocket change in the mattress or not? No, 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 no. You can put your paycheck in the mattress. It won't be very big. <laughs> Let's get to the phone lines. Our first caller is going to be Susan. Susan, welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zoomer Radio. Thank you. What do you have? Well, it's a story. I was in Windsor, England, just wandering around by myself, and I came upon this store that had, uh, like, one of those keypads on the door. So I realized I couldn't just walk in. But I'm looking at the things in the window, and I thought, I have something like that. So when I came home, I had bought these two candlestick holders a long time ago at a garage sale, and they're Moorcroft. Okay, yeah. And I don't know whether I'd like to get rid of them because they don't match anything in my house anymore. Um, okay. And I don't know how much I should ask for them. Well, if you can send us off a picture with Moorcroft, that they made many different... Um, Styles of candlesticks, number one, and depends how tall they are, depends on what the colors they are, depends on when they were made by Moorcroft, okay? If you can go back to the old McIntyre stuff before, uh, when Moore, William Moorcroft was working there and he worked at McIntyre, that stuff is very desirable. It'll make a difference what colors you have. Oh. But usually they're going between 200 and $800 a pair. So, really? <laughs> Susan, what color are yours? Um, they're a deep royal blue background. And then it's got um, olive green leaves, yellow, and pink flowers on it. And how tall are they? Oh, um, from the base. I'm back. <laughs> um, the base is round, and they're about, oh, two and a half, three inches tall. Oh, uh, that's short. Okay. That's short. Yeah, they're not really tall ones. Yeah, maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. You know. But that's still How ba- is that bad news? You're breaking into her like it's bad news. Well, no, it's not a thousand dollars. No, no, this is good news. I uh, I'm sorry, but the, am From I, my perspective, anytime you talk about somebody's personal items, I'm always blown away. I'm like bad news, only a couple hundred bucks. For candlestick holders. Well, yeah. My wife has tea lights from IKEA. Okay. <laughs> this is a good tea thing. Tea lights or what are they? Tea candles. You know those yeah. little things I always wear gonna burn the house down? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you bring them over, we actually can sell them on consignment, or we would buy them outright from you. But you have to know I have to make a profit. I don't have. I'm not going to retire on you. You already have, told her the price. No, that's where they sell retail, oh. and that's why I have to explain to people as well. There is the retail price, and there's the price that you can get consignment, and then there's the price that a dealer will pay you for it. Okay. Okay. These are all different prices. So some people want to know the insurance price, like you know when you get a jewelry appraisal, yeah. it'll say it's worth nine thousand two hundred and sixteen dollars. Well, and then the jeweler says, I'm going to give you a deal on this. I'll give it to you for half price. So that and, and that's not, that's even still too high. We the valuation say, might be yeah. might not be the actual what you're going to get for it in an open yeah. market scenario. In yeah. our store, everything if it's got an appraisal price of two thousand dollars, we will typically sell it between four hundred and six hundred dollars. Really? Wow! Yeah. And wow. that's um, and just and there can't be that good a deal because we still have lots of jewelry in our store. People bring it in; they're happy. We're just being fair. Like if someone brings in a diamond into our store, we get a praise for them. If it's over a carat, we just say, for your protection and our protection, we will get a praise. Cost about twenty dollars, and that way you know what you're selling, and we know what we're buying. But then, and but, but we're basing our price going forward on that appraisal price. Gotcha. Okay, and that helps people. 
Okay. So, Susan, the news is your candlestick holders are worth something, and you spotting them in the window has paid off to some degree. What did you pay for them at the garage sale? $5. Oh, look at that look return at that. on investment. Okay. okay. This is a sharp investment. <laughs> I guarantee if they have no chips cracked or crazy, you're going to make money. How's that? That sounds good to me. All right. Well, thank you for your call. Our next caller is going to be Peter in Oshawa. Peter, welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zoomer Radio. Uh, yes, hi. Uh, I have a, uh, a, tr- a trans-oceanic Zenith radio. Okay. 1950s? With it comes a uh, certificate, original certificate for a repair back in 1963. But I think it's much older. Oh, yeah. They'll probably be 50s, 30s, maybe? Yeah. Well, it's in good condition. Shortwave? Um, pardon? Shortwave? Oh, yeah, it's got lots yeah. of short waves. It's got all the, all the buttons and everything. It's also got a, uh, a cardboard thing. Uh, On the back? The front. Oh, okay. Gives you all the channels and everything. And what color is it? Are, but there's no date. So. What color is it? It's uh, like a dark gray. Oh, it's interesting. Okay. Color. I can see the desirable ones appear to be the turquoise ones, although we're not yeah. experts on this. We concede that... Uh, Moses Neimer, who owns this whole operation, yeah. could t- give you probably to the penny what it's worth. We yeah, also have I, the TV museum just about 100 yards from us on campus. Well, I know that. I've been following him for a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he'll want you to donate it to his museum. We'll actually buy it. Well, How's actually, that? I know a guy who had an old radio from the 50s, beautiful, yeah. ornate. He goes, I'm not using it. I'm not going to bother selling it for 50 bucks on Kijiji and have some weirdo coming to my house and examining this thing. So he donated it to the museum here. Oh, that's good. And his hope is not that it ends up, maybe it doesn't end up in the museum, but there's all sorts of nooks and crannies where here at the Zoomerplex we have, it's all lit up and we'll show an old radio or an old TV. There's ways it can have a new life. No, but no. yeah, you'd have to donate it. So you'd yeah. have to. I'm, I'm, I'm attached to this radio. I, I would, maybe I could donate it to Moses Neimer. Okay. Yeah. If you I bring mean, it down. Sold. Like... Where, where can I go? Where can I go? Um, can we give the address here? Yeah, 64 Jefferson okay. in Liberty Village. Yeah. 64 yeah. Jefferson, Jefferson Avenue is, the, is one of the addresses. The Zoomerplex is like five acres, right? So yeah. there's many different entrances. Yeah. But, but I'm saying, I don't know. But if you're sitting on an old radio yeah. and you don't want to bother posting it on Kijiji, I know oh. somebody who just. Sort of left it at the doorstep yeah. here. He gave it to a reception, but he said, I hope it has a, a nice life here. Maybe it can be replacement parts or be on display, and it, it seemed yeah. to make everybody happy. But when you come down, set aside an hour or two to go into the, to the television museum. I guarantee you have fun, and you yeah, have your eyes amazing. open, that you are amazed. Just set aside some time, if it's open, find out when it's open, and go to the television museum. I, I recommend to anybody, because it's the real deal. Yeah. It is the real stuff. The it's original not... speaker's corner is there. Yes. Like the actual. Yeah, that was probably the coolest thing yeah. I saw there. Well, Marilyn Monroe's bedside TV is far hey, that's away for the you coolest guys. thing there. Yeah. yeah, you guys are the old farts. Can, can you give me a number or something or the rest, please? Yeah, uh, at 64 Jefferson Avenue, we'll take you to the Zoomerplex. I don't know the, I mean, literally the museum is just, you know, yeah. 50 yards away from there. But the yeah. radio yeah. station address is 54 Jefferson, or 64 Jefferson Avenue. It's the, right. yeah. Because we're in Oshawa and we rarely go to Toronto. Okay. So, oh, it's yeah. worth the trip. Yes. Okay, well, how's let's that? not make promises we can't deliver on. No, if he ends up in 90 minutes of traffic one way, he won't say, I love visiting Toronto. Okay. Don't do it on a Wednesday at noon. Yeah, no, no. But Just say you heard from Consignment Heroes and you're here to drop off a radio. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs>
All right, well, thank you so much for your call. If you have a rare item that you'd like a free assessment of, you can give us a call right now. Our phone lines are open. Our number is 416-360-0740. Maybe it's an old coin. Maybe it's an old piece of art or a statue or a candlestick. Maybe it's old sports memorabilia or an autograph that you're wondering how to get authenticated. Maybe you have an entire house that you're dealing with. One of the things that uh, Paul and his son Bogart deal with is entire estate sales. Maybe you've lost somebody in the family and you've got... 50 years worth of things in it, yeah. and you don't know. Maybe, does it all go to the dump? Well, who knows? You call guys like uh, Paul and Bogart, and they can tell you. We'll go through the house room by room and get you top dollar for this stuff. Don't throw it out necessarily. And then they can also assist in selling the house. Our number is 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, don't worry. It's toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is, would you serve your family prefab? New generation kitchens and bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love. From scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. Toronto's only radio station on AM and FM. Zoomer Radio AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes. We're live on Zoomer Radio in Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. Paul Kenny's in studio. Bogart Kenny's in studio. Two of the stars from Storage Wars Canada and Northern Treasures on A&E. They have a store. That store is located at 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. That's 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie. The store's phone number, they operate during regular business hours during the work week, 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. Yeah. We didn't give the guy the price on his radio. Well, I've, you listen, old you, radios, we didn't even ask if the tube works, but I can tell you it's not thousands. Usually it's between like 50 and 75 this bucks, This is probably right? between 100 and $200. His particular one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so a little bit more. Don't tell him that he's going to donate it to the station. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Moses would be mad at me now. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think it makes a difference. I mean, it's still the, it's still the pain of uh, getting things moved, right? Like, it's hard to people, for people to get motivated to drive, say, an hour two ways, or an hour each way in traffic to well, yeah. fetch 100 bucks. A lot of people are... I'm adamant that when Bogart, even Bogart, who's a young guy, was impressed with that museum. Yeah, of course. No, everyone is. You don't have to be young or old. It is a nice museum. It's like something. This is history. I know, but it's crazy for me. Like, for example, Speaker's Corner is there. And it's part of my childhood. But it's not that long ago. But you're like, wow, that era is over. So over. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm old. Did you ever do the Speaker's Corner? No, no, I never did uh, a rant there, but, like, everyone... Did did you ever do one there? I wanted to, just... 
I think I, I think like through the end, I think I was like hammered and I might have. I don't know. But like it wouldn't have been not. <laughs> I never got story. it on TV. But most people okay. would get drunk and go in there in the middle of the night and be like, my problem's with Susie. She won't go out with me. Or I don't know. Like not yeah. all of it was useful political commentary. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's well, that's the 70s and 60s. OK. OK. Our next caller oh. is going to be Earl. Oh, or sorry, Earl. Whoever's on line two with a 1912 silver dime. Is this Greg? That's Earl. Hi, Ben. Hi, Paul. Hi, Bogart. Earl, how are you? It is Earl. Welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you doing? Good. Not good, bad. Good. What do you got, man? Uh, I just had, I had a, in my possession a 1912 silver dime many years ago. I'd like to know what, what that would be worth today. Uh, 1912, about a dollar, uh, uh, dollar ten in silver. And no, dollar twenty five in silver because it's sterling. It's before 1919. Yeah. And this is what we tell people when they bring in their stuff. Uh, the coins, it's divided up between 1919 and before, and 1919, 1967. All of these dimes are all made out of silver. Your dime is about $1.50. But the numismatic value on a 12, if it's mint, it's up to $400. Oh, what? But it's saying it's off the street and somewhere. When you say mint, that means uncirculated, basically. Yeah, it would really have nobody nice. ever touched this thing. Yeah, it's been perfect. in a case. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the difference comes. But you're still, uh, it's going to be worth uh, more than a dime. So what if I hang on to a dime from 2017? Will it ever be worth anything? It's made out of steel. It'll still be worth a dime. Hopefully. Let's hope yeah, so. Let's... What if it was in my mattress for okay. 80 years? <laughs> Might have something there. But yeah, you're saying that because it was silver content, our change used yeah. to be made out of silver. It has actual value. Steel yeah. is far less rare. Well, I got here. You see, I even have a prop. Now we got this. This is a gold coin. It's a yes. hundred dollar gold coin. Slightly different. Hold that up for the no, cameras. No, but it's a hundred dollars. Hundred dollars gold coin. It's stamped a hundred dollars. Yeah. What is its actual value in gold? This coin is worth uh, eight uh, seven hundred and fifty dollars. It's a half ounce. So it's a half ounce of pure gold. So seven seventy five. Now, but what happens with this? Rather than bullion, which is your maple leaves are nine nine nine. Because this is not pure, it has to be. We're going to melt it. It can't be sold. They made millions of these. Oh. Or they made hundreds of thousands. So when people bring them into the shop, but we give them a high percentage. No, don't be, don't sell it for 100 but you will get, I don't know, $700 for this coin? Hold on. So what, with that, saying $100, when was that, did that ever make sense? When was it like, oh, this is $100? This is actually, we're going into history right now. Remember 1967? I don't remember. No, <laughs> neither of you do. But I know that a lot of our listeners out there remember 1967. And they had these little sets, and they had a little gold coin in them, and it was $20. It was .5288 of an ounce, which is coincidentally about $35 an ounce. So what they did was they did the $20, saying that this is the actual value of the gold, and that you can trade it in. Well, when gold went up, okay, it's like that's what the only thing that saved it is that gold was going up. But then gold went down again. And people tried to trade them in for the twenty dollars, and the banks weren't didn't expect them back. Mm. So what they're doing now is they're doing these things where they make the the value of the hundred dollars so much less than the gold that no one would think of turning it back into the bank. Gotcha. So to protect themselves, this is stamped at a much lower value. Stamped at a much lower value. Gotcha. And mm. it has to have to be a coin has to have a dollar value on it. Like yeah. even your your five dollar your silver maples are stamped at five dollars. I was gonna say you can buy a one ounce silver coin from the Canadian Mint right now, and it'll say five dollars on it, but it's actually probably worth more. Like what would be between 22. twenty and twenty? Yeah, that's the spot price, but then you're paying more than that. Yeah. So call it twenty four, twenty five dollars somewhere in there. Yeah. But it's only stamped five dollars, but mm -hmm. you're buying the silver content. But that goes back. That's why I tell people buy if you're gonna buy silver for your grandkids, don't buy these 
20 for 20s. They say, oh, I can trade back in the bank. But you're only getting one third of an ounce. Yeah, so Why? chase the silver content, not yeah. the actual numismatic or the you yeah. know, maybe it's got a great new image of a caribou on it. That's not really worth anything to the investor market. Yeah. No, no. Nothing actually they make this year will be worth that kind of money. Look at the board. It's all lit, lit up. I know. We have to get back to work. Our next caller is Ken in Oshawa. Ken on line four in Oshawa. Welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live. Hi. How you doing, Simon? Good. Not bad. Um, I have a glass inkwell that's got three large glass ball legs on the bottom, and the center is a, a, the inkwell itself with a brass hinge with a glass lid. Okay. Now, it was given to us quite a few years ago from a friend in England. Inkwells are very collectible, but now here again, like what we have to figure out is who made it. If it was, uh, does there any maker's mark on it? It'll be signed on the glass, probably on the bottom. There'll be a symbol or a made in England or a made by somebody or a picture of a bird. Like no, if it's made by nothing, Baccarat, it was, it'll be worth two, $300. There's nothing on it that uh, identifies where it was made or how it was made or who made it. Okay, then I'm going to have to see it. But then it's just going to be how this would look on someone's desk, okay? Mm -hmm. And then there's this value that way. Isn't there a possibility if it's not stamped that it's before stamping for glass and all that? Isn't that an error as well? No, but okay. Before 1890, they didn't – in 1890, the United States instituted a law that had to have the country of origin. If you want to sell the United States, had to have the country of origin on there. After 1921, they said it had to say made in. China or made in Japan. Right, but if this was a gift from somebody who was in England, none of those rules would apply. It's when we were in England it was given to us. Okay. Because it wasn't an imported item. It's probably English glass. Inkwells go right back to the 17th century, so if you have a nice old one, and maybe I can tell, if I see it, I might be able to tell by the hinge how old it is, (laughs) how the glass is, if it's cut glass or pressed glass or lead crystal. There's a lot of different things that it's hard for you to describe over the phone. Yeah, what do you do with this stuff now? Because you're not going to dip your quill in it and, yes. and write your to-do list <laughs> I was going to say, what do you use as a fountain pen? Or how does this work? You know that your mother loves calligraphy. There are people who are returning. That I know computers are great, but a lot of, like your mom and a lot of people I know, are returning to the written word. Right, they so they get that new Mac, letters. they get that iPad where it has the function where you buy the separate... No, no, no? This, they actually use the pen, and they write it out. And I know a lot of our, our listeners out there would use this, and they've used inkwells. And when I was in school... You are cordially invited to our backyard barbecue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's an invitation. <laughs> You're making me sound dumb here. No, but no, no, I'm just, I know, I know that this is a very, very collectible market. I'm just saying I don't know anyone who uses People that. collect pens as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 big okay. time. So, but. I thought it was just a feather. What, do you use a pen? Yeah, no, that was a quill. When I was in school, and I bet you this gentleman, the same thing. Remember you had your desk, and in the top right-hand corner was your inkwell. No? I had the, uh, the wooden pencil or wooden pen with the removable quill. Yes. Yeah, this is Ontario. Those desks are probably still in use right now. I yeah. know the ones you're talking about, right? It'd be no. like bored down a little bit. And I'm left-handed. It'd be on the left side. Yeah, people collect those desks. I'm just saying that I'd have to see this, and you're welcome to bring it up to, or send me pictures up to my store if you're too far away. Right. But inkwells are very collectible. And maybe I'm, I can find a maker's mark on where you don't. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you're not looking in the right places. I'd give it a full examination again. And well, then you can call back or call the store. It's, it's got coloring in the glass. Like, it's clear, but it's got coloring to it as well. That would probably be a little bit older, maybe, that glass. Like I said, I've sold inkwells up to $3,000. Okay. So 
Let's, uh, I'm not going to say your wait. Now he's now he's walking on a cloud. So hold on, <laughs> don't do that. Don't okay. do that to the guy. Yes, not yours, maybe, but yes, yes, some of them. They can be worth that much, but I have to see it. And like I say, there's other stuff. If you have inkwells, is that the only thing you brought back from England, or anything uh, else? No, we've got some old stone uh, uh, jars there, like for mustard and for. Uh, Those are collectible as well. You said. Come and see me. Come and see us. See what we can do for you, okay? Thank you. All right. Our next caller is Susan in Hamilton. Susan, how are you? You're live on Zoomer Radio. Hello. Hi. 1867 to 1967, $1 uh, centennial bills, some with and some without the serial number, plus $2 bills printed in 1986. Okay. In the 1967 bill, we used to buy those for 175 and we sell them for 4 to $5 if they're mint condition. A lot of people have those because it's the general way of people collecting. As soon as they see something a little bit different, they put them away. Someone brought in 50 this week to me. Of so 19- w- oh, these are commemorative dollar bills? They're not rare. But yeah, commemorative bills. You can, use, you can oh. use them, though. Yeah, you can really? use them. They're yeah. worth a dollar. And your other one with the serial number, some of those can be worth my. What we're looking for on the old, you know something, I should say this today. What we're looking for on the dollar bills, or even your older money, you know, what, twos, fives, tens, twenties, there's a little, if you see a serial number with a little asterisk on the left-hand side, an asterisk, that's something that's not a number. It's like a little star. So the little asterisk is there. Those are called replacement bills, and those are worth a lot of money. They're worth always a lot more because in the old days, if you had a – we're at the Mint right now. We're making dollar bills, and we find one's got a little crumply on it. We take it out, and we put in a replacement bill. That's when they were pay, paying attention and keeping track of our money. Okay. And so okay. They, they'd file down the number that they destroyed and the asterisk beside it to denote that it is a replacement bill. Yes, and people collect – That's kind of cool. So people listening right now, if you have old Canadian money, anything with an asterisk is typically worth more. Oh, a lot. But some of them – Look at the serial number. Asterisk, more money. That's a good deal. At okay. Devil's Face, 100 is probably worth 10000 We've been oh chasing this for, it seems like, years. A yeah. $500 Canadian bill is what we seek to find. It's five, that's probably worth about 100000 a five hundred? What? No, at least oh, that's a five. No, lots of people have thousand dollar bills in Canadian money, but yeah. apparently it's very, very rare a Canadian five hundred dollar bill. But we do yeah. know that they exist. There we are had people... five hundred dollar bills. Yeah. Yeah. When? Nineteen thirty-seven, thirty-five. And that would have been a fortune back then. Yes, and yeah. that's why you would have had if you had five hundred dollars bills back then, you would have put your money in the bank. You would never keep it at home. Okay, and it would draw attention to you, even the $1,000 bills. But this thing with the asterisks, I should tell this because a lot of our listeners, they worked in a bank or know someone who works in a bank, and these little asterisks, they would keep these bills off all the time, okay? And they are worth money. Some are worth only a dollar's worth $5, which is still good. Yeah. But some are worth, I have one the other day we sold for $300. It's a replacement bill. Cool. And if, if it's in good condition. And some of them, like you have a devil's face thousand asterisks. I don't even know what that would be worth. It's okay, so help people out there going, oh, devil's face? What are you talking about? What are you saying about the queen? In 1950. <laughs> Losing her looks? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she's done. In 1954, this is when the, the queen came in, the new bills came in. They designed a new bill because the king was gone. So they designed a new bill. Well, someone, when they designed it, designed it with a little devil's face in her hair. 
They thought it was funny. They Who is that psychotic individual? You got to wonder. That's the image they wanted in there. Wow. Yeah, well, it could be. It just it looks like a little devil's face, but it was right after they discovered it. But some of the bills got out, and they changed it. So the bills that got out are worth money. Okay, it was near the very, and they didn't change it right away. They they didn't they didn't know. But these devil's face, there's a lot of things that people have to bring into us. And, and they, they ask for it, say, one, one is worth $1,000 and one's worth 100 What's the difference, Paul? You know. Isn't that on a $10 bill? Is it the devil's face 10 They're on ones, twos, fives, tens, twenties, right up to thousands. Oh, so it oh. slipped through the whole series Oh, then. the whole series. No, oh, no, wow. no, no. Okay, so when would I find the devil's face? What's the lowest denomination I might come across? One dollar. So what year, though? 1954. Okay, so, any, so the 50s era, you can yeah. look in the hair of the queen and there might be a devil's face in there. But the same bill was done from 1954 to 1966. Wow, so, we are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They changed it in 1954, so there's a lot more of the other bills around. Gotcha. But the difference is, like I said, okay. I've been waiting to show this prop all day. Hold on. Let's wrap okay. up with, oh, with Susan because she does. How many of these $1 bills did you have commemorating 100 years? Oh, approximately 20. Okay, so you've doubled your money at least. Yeah. Is that the story there? Yeah. You, yeah. It's a mint shape. You can bring them in. We buy them at that price. We, we create like what we call a market on it. We buy them and we sell them. And uh, people always are buying them. So I'm always buying uh, people are buying them from me. So I'm always buying them off the street. But they're not they're not twenty dollars. If if you go to one of these antique malls and they have them for ten dollars, please don't buy them. They are not rare. So Susan, you did well. But the guy who had the dime that's even worth a dollar fifty now, he's looking at like a hundred and fifty or what is that fifteen hundred percent return? You're like at a you know hundred percent return. Well, had- I'll look for the devil while I'm at it. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. That's it- the message we have from today's show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, no, that's a bad message. <laughs> yeah, look for the devil. They'll always be, they'll be like, what kind of Sunday show is this? Is like the the Reverend Paul Kenny? What's happening? Oh, no, sorry. Okay. Uh, what do you have here? Okay, I actually want to show this because we're just talking about the difference in two items. This is Uncle Tom's. Someone brought this in this week, and I really like it. This is Uncle Tom's Cabin. Which is an actual book. For most people now, they just know the racial slur Uncle Tom, but they don't yeah. realize there's an actual book by Harriet Beecher Stowe, which is fabulous. Even yeah. a movie you can watch yeah. about Uncle Tom's Cabin. This one's done in the 40s with the dust jackets for maybe $20. This one that someone brought in this week is from 1852, a first edition of Uncle Tom's Cabin, and was found oh, up oh, here. He's unsleeving it. No, it's a There nice, goes the value. Th- no, no, no. I'm still treating a little bit of foxing on it. But it is book one and two together, so it was done near the end of the year, but it's an 1852 first edition, and this is the 213,000th printing. Huh. They made about 300000 the first year. Still worth approximately $1,000. That's a $1,000 book? If it had been the first or second, like within the first month, it'd be worth 15000 Wow. For one book. Because Why? people are, just because it's newer, closer to the original run, they might yeah. have had devil's faces somewhere hidden in it. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. No, only the Canadian government has devil faces. Okay, okay. so you, and this, and you have a ton of items here that we want to get to, but also Clapison's corners. Any of this yeah. stuff going to end up at Clapison's oh. corners? By the way, I might be showing that there. Clapison, my friend Ron is still moving. Okay, he's at uh, seventy-one Dundas Street West, just west of Highway Five, Highway Six on Highway Five. Okay, and he's. Desperately trying to sell stuff. Okay. You can actually call him if you want to make sure he's open. It's 905 690 9209. And tell him that Paul said you're on your your way down and Paul is sending you there. Okay. He's got all sorts of deals. If you want antiques, he desperately wants to move them. He's stacked up. 
everything you could possibly want from pop bottles to books, comics, uh, furniture, furniture from 1820 to 1960 and from 1400. He's got stuff everywhere. So is he at two locations right now? No, he hasn't got the other location going yet. Okay, so what's the location now? And you guys keep a booth there, don't you? Or you keep items there, do you not? No, no. Uh, yeah, I have, I have some items there. He's just a good guy. He's one of the last of the old-time antique dealers who actually will sell anything, okay? But he sells neat stuff. The stuff for your man cave and stuff that you want to have the women like the – he's got dishes. He's got crystal. He's got lead. He's got statues. He's got outside stuff for your patio got everything and if it's big and bulky i guarantee that you get a deal where if is he big, located he's at 71 Waterdown road but it's also highway five yeah it's highway five just west of highway six a lot of people know that he's there and they went there three four years ago now is the time to go there and some of the stuff because he just stacks the stuff up okay i guarantee you'll find something there that you want off to our next caller, it's Tony in Brampton. Oh, and you know what Tony has? I'm surprised we don't get more of these calls every week. I don't know, is, this, are they, is there a shrouded in shame? These are collectors of Star Trek and Star Wars. Oh, okay. So Tony, I'm told, is a Star Trek memorabilia collector. But you think that every weekend we'd be like, I have Luke Skywalker yeah. from 1979. It's in the original box. I want $90,000 for it. <laughs> Tony in Brampton, welcome to the show. What do you have? Thanks very much, guys. Uh, I have... Uh... This is all eight and a half by eleven in a box. I have um, some eight by tens. They're they're color, but what I what I really want to talk about is I have the synopsis from every Star Trek episode on TV from two to seventy nine because there was no number one, and this is complete with uh, biographies of each of the major stars. What, you have the original paper copies of the scripts, is it's what you're saying? letterhead from Paramount Television Sales. Okay, because these are also collector's items, because all of this stuff can be found online, and I believe Star Trek even has, there was, you know, because they did like another hundred episodes that yeah. never made it to TV, that they recreated for the world of Internet. But I yeah, do know that well, a lot of these scripts are floating the, around. The original in a box, and there's also a, uh, a, a packet of the complete set of 12 authentic blueprints of the Star Trek Enterprise. Now, is this something that was sold, stolen, or uh, dare I, I ask know, how you I got no, this? I, no, I don't think it's stolen. I, I'm I, kidding. I, I'm kidding. No. At, at one time, uh, uh, I have to admit, I did work for Paramount Pictures, not Paramount Television. Okay. Okay. But these these are on the letterhead, Paramount uh, Television Sales, the letterhead with the uh, One Gulf Western Boulevard, or One Gulf and Western Plaza, New York, New York. I'd love to hmm. see these, but... and. I'm not familiar with this exactly, but I know the scripts will sell. Anything signed or anything? No, there isn't anything autographed, but uh, but they are originals uh, because I know I've had them for quite a while. They've just been uh, stored down in, uh, now, in the storeroom. You know, but there's two there's things coming up. Ten photographs, quite a few of those signed. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not signed. You know, but they're now, original because they're like they're from they're in a box like from Paramount. So wait, who do you have? Uh, sorry, you have Shatner and who? Who? What are the people that you have? They're eight by tens. I've uh, I've got Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, uh, DeForest, uh, Kelly, 
the girl, Michelle, uh, okay. and they're all photos attached to these biographies of each each one of these people. These are they Paramount like stock or are they all different? What do you mean stock? Like uh, these are 8x10s done by the studio or yeah. as they were acting? Oh, okay. No, I see. these are studio. Okay, so these are promo headshots, yeah. I would love they're to see this. Promo headshots, you're right, yeah. Um, two things I'd like to see this. One, I'd come up with a price, but two, I'd like to buy it. Um, but I, uh, I'd have to see the whole thing. How, how big a box is this? Eight and a half by 11. It's on eight and a half by 11 paper. And the, uh, all oh. the photos are eight by tens. No, 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 no. I know that size. I want, how long is it? Standard. Eight by 11. Eight, yeah, is it eight, a file box? Eight and a half by 11. Yeah. No. Is it, how many of them do you have? Well, I have one complete set. Okay. And oh, it has a synopsis from each and every episode from 2 to 79 hmm. with a contents list. How did you get your hands on this? You know what? I'm not even sure how I got my hands <laughs> okay, on Okay, okay, okay. But like yeah, I said, I worked at 70s. Paramount okay. uh, here in Toronto because they had an office on Bond Street. I would like any of the posters, anything to do with Star Trek and Star Wars, It'd be, I'd, I have definite interest in it. It's, well, it's part of my uh, bit. Not Star Wars, but I have Star Trek. Two, yeah, yeah. I have two thousand and one, a Space Odyssey. Yeah, Stanley I Kubrick. Have two two uh, holograph uh, posters. Okay, now they have value if they're the original ones. Any kind of old movie posters, people are buying, especially the originals because they keep on reprinting them. We've talked about how they have to send them back to their location in Cleveland. Um, you know, some you ought to take my name, my store number, and and. It's worth a trip to see me. Yeah, my wife and I were saying we were going to plan a trip up because I have a lot of other stuff. I have like 450 headshots. No, then... Any of them signed? Uh, no, none of them are signed. Hmm. I, I would... I, you know something? And, I'd like to I see you. And I also it. have, you know, in the uh, older... Uh, well, in my time, in the 50s, you went into a theater, and they had uh, uh, usually a wall, and they had all transparencies on the wall. Yep. I've got lots of those as well. Okay, you're definitely the person I'd like to see. And I'd like to see it before the end of August. I'd like to see it before the next week or two. You know what okay. is amazing? People always come with their, their object they want to talk about, and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, I have this too. And then you're like, well, that's so much more expensive. Why don't you come off the top yeah, with really. that? You I know? have some uh, <laughs> China tea set, oh, and I also have James Bond's original car that I drove here in. Which one are you interested in? Uh, this is Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We're live. We'll be right back. Estates it's have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. 
Welcome back to Consignment Heroes. We're live on Zuma Radio. Uh, Paul Kenny in studio and his son, Bogard Kenny. They are two of the stars of Storage Wars Canada and Northern Treasures, which you can now watch on A&E. Our next caller is Marion in Etobicoke. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. First time it's been a pleasure to oh. be put on hold. Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Thank you so much. Just listening. Anyway, my question, please. Are you interested in old stamps? Yes, but we have a person, we have, like I always say, I don't know everything, but I know people who do. I have one stamp expert who comes in once every couple of weeks. We store up a bunch of orders for him, and he goes through them for us and tells us what's worth what. Okay, your Um, name again, please? Oh, he he comes in. His name is Frank. Frank. Good guy. But you have to drop him off at our store. And normally when I get three or four, he comes all the way in from Niagara Falls. Really nice guy. Honest. Makes sense. He's honest. And like I say, um... He'll find something. He says, "This is worth three fifty, and he'll say, "This is what I can pay. Here's the reason I can pay it. Sure. You've got nothing more." Or he'll say, "You got you got to take these stamps and put them on envelopes and mail stuff to people." That's okay. what... well. Thank you for your information. Worth a trip up, and we'll be up to see you. But there are some general rules about stamp collecting. Okay. You say previous to World War One is sort of where the money is, yeah. right? Now, okay, previous World War One. Now, postcards are worth money. A lot of people forget about that. And yeah, sometimes no, it these, are, these are little stampy guys. So, But thanks for the info. Great show. You, you just make us so knowledgeable. Oh, thank you, Marie. Okay, thank our next sure. caller is Joseph in Toronto. Joseph, how are you? How are you? Not bad. What do you got, man? Great, thank you. I've always been interested. Uh, I've got a Fender Str- Stratocaster electric guitar, brand new, still in the box, never been used. But what's really curious about this guitar is that the pickguard has been signed authentically by Peggy Sue. And it's the what? same style of guitar that Buddy Holly would have used. Peggy Sue from Buddy Holly? Exactly. Uh, my question is, I've always been curious, uh, what's in the name and what's in the signature? Well, no, Peggy Sue, even though she never played a lick of music, I don't think, this nope. would be, this is, a, Peggy Sue and Buddy Holly are two icons. That, everyone knows Peggy Sue, that song. And Buddy exactly. Holly, I. This there are be... commemorative Fender Stratocasters like this one that just say Peggy Sue, but you're talking about an actual autograph? An actual autograph. Uh, um, apparently, Buddy Holly, when he was recording the song, he was going to call it Cindy Lou, but his drummer was dating a girl named Peggy Sue, and he, cor- he, he uh, coerced him into changing the name to Peggy Sue, and she's been famous ever since, and she's still living. And she signed the pickguard, and I'm just curious as to what it would be worth. Okay, so I can see that she is still signing items, not oh, on the pickguard. So that would make maybe it's manufactured, right? Uh, but see, the, she signs the, the body of the guitar. No, it's actually written right on the guitar. Okay, so uh, we can find online her examples of her signing in silver uh, writing on the body of the guitar, not on the on the guard. Body. See, I was hoping for the best. I was hoping if something was signed back there in 1959 or something. Okay. No, she can <laughs> still, if she's still alive, she can sign a thousand a day. She's still alive, and she's, uh, yeah. And it's a, uh, it's a sunburst orange uh, des- uh, design like he would have used. What are these going for? I'm sorry? No, I'm just asking Ben. In general, yeah, because this seems like an item that does, it is quite popular. Not in terms of like, you know, it's not as popular as a Toyota Corolla, but they're all over the place. But I, I, whatever the value of the guitar she signed, it doesn't seem like it's adding oh. tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I see. Okay. So if the fender is legit and in good shape and it has been in your basement and sucking up moisture and bending the neck on it, then no, whatever the fender's worth. And, the, you know, in a couple hundred bucks more, maybe. 
I see. Okay, does it make a difference uh, what kind of where it's manufactured? Yes, of course. Yeah. And I, uh, Peggy Sue is signed. Look at that. She's up signed by the, where the strings are. So she's signing things like crazy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she's really? signing a lot of fenders. That's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> no, it's bad. It means that that it's <laughs> well, not that rare. She's still alive. That's that's okay. the problem. Uh, I've always been curious about it, but now that you guys tell me exactly where it stands, uh, it rests my mind a little bit. <laughs> well, there's an actual Fender Stratocaster Peggy Sue guitar with like commemorative big glass. It's a big goofy design as well. So this is something that's. The concept of everyone wanting a Peggy Sue Fender is very common. Okay, I understand. So if the Fender's uh, legit and built in a rare year, then, you you know, it's good news. But otherwise, no, it's not like they dated and, uh, yeah. you know, he was killed tragically and so was she and there's only one signature in existence. That's not what's happening no, here. No, no, no. Okay, sorry. Now that, is that bad news for this customer? No, this but time? you always break the bad news. He's got a Fender Stratocaster. It says That's Peggy nice. Sue on it. There's, there's no bad news there. There's okay. no bad news. Anyway, our next caller is going to be Marlene in Hillsburg. Marlene, where's Hillsburg? Hillsburg. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's just west of Guelph. Oh, okay. God's country. Yeah, oh, in between right. Guelph and Erin. Oh, okay. I am with you. All right. What do you have? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I have um, the cups and sausages you're always talking about. <laughs> okay. Don't know if they're worth anything, but I have Royal Vale. No good. No Sorry. good. Um, Royal Albert. In between. Moss Rose. Um, That's about a $10 cup and saucer. It's part okay. of one of the sets. What we need in cup and saucers, I can tell you before, is that you want to have ones that are um, lots of flowers, lots of gold, okay? The yep. flowers have got to be inside the bowl, and the bowl should open out. You know the type of tea bowls when you're growing up that made the tea always go cold right away? Yeah. Because the top was so big? That kind of stuff. So okay, what well, you, I've got one that looks like that, but it's a Foley china. Foley's okay. They're probably about ten dollars. What we're looking for mainly, what they're collecting is uh, is Paragon double or single mark, okay. uh, Ainsley, uh, some Coalport, some Minton. Um, when you want stuff that's hand done, sometimes and has signed. If it's signed like Bailey Jones, this is why people bring them in. You know, bring in fifty cups of sauce and says, "Here, these ones are worth a hundred each, and the rest okay. of these are worth 10 I've got a miniature one that's uh, Sanford. No, twenty-two San- karat gold. Yeah, even though that's no, that's no? <laughs> that's more a souvenir. But okay. what we're looking for is the ones that the giant, the Japanese are buying right now. They seem to be are going to Australia. They're going to that area of the world. Okay. And but if you bring them in, it's like what we do with costume. We're bringing hundred pieces of costume. Two will be good, but those two make up for those hundred that are bad. Okay. okay. I've also got a set of four Frank Viteri's pizzeria glasses and a menu from nineteen seventy-nine. They're still good as glasses, and use let the kids use them. Okay, <laughs> nice way of putting it. And I All also right. have jewelry, um, coral jewelry from the fifties and sixties. Some of that—that's that's costume. Bring it on yeah. in, and Aurora. you might even have some gold mixed in with it. But costume's not that much. But sometimes you can have a good if you have a piece signed by Schiaparelli or uh, um, uh, Sherman or people like this. Um, th- these pieces will go hundreds, two hundred, three hundred dollars a piece. Okay. okay. I have the Austrian Aurora Borealis. Yep. Crystals. They sound okay. like Sherman. Come on okay. in, 10,341 Young Street, which you have to call to make sure. And you, you got some pretty cool items in stock right now. Some of them are in studio. One of them is an Olympic gold ring. Oh. I don't know if I want to show. This is. What's an so... Olympic gold ring, not a gold medal? What's the no. distinction there? Oh, this was, he wore this. This is part of participants. He got this for being on the team, and he was on uh, 68. 
1968 Olympic gold medal yeah. winner's ring. But these are rings from the players. These are kind of cool. Look at that. Oh, hmm. that's what he's doing. See, Bogart's, he's actually useful today. I couldn't reach that far. Oh, yeah, but that's good. Look what I was that. trying to say, anyone, a gold medal? The difference, a big difference. A gold medal from any of the Canadian Olympics would be worth between five and fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, so it's nineteen sixty-eight. I win a gold medal from the Olympics, and they give me a gold ring. Is any no, of it no, actually no. gold? By the way, yeah, it's all gold. Oh, okay, like it's real. Yes. Well, yes. how many carats? This is no, it's just ten carat. Ah, I knew I it. I knew it. But I don't think the gold medals are gold anymore. I have to check into that. No, well, I remember not, not, not long. They still it's some gold. I remember they said the actual retail it was like three thousand dollars of gold in a gold medal. Only a fool would melt it. <laughs> no, really? yeah, that's a rare example where the actual medallion would be worth yeah. more than the gold value. Yeah. yeah, like a Stanley Cup ring from the old Toronto teams. I bet you the lowest one would be ten thousand dollars. Yes, the lowest. I would probably end if it was from a good player or someone from something from the forties. Barocco's ring, if you, if it was something like that, would be found to be fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. That's what you would pay for it. I think I'd easily, yeah. uh, and I'd be able to sell it and make money. How's that? Would you sell it though? No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you're just revealing what you would pay if these items come across your desk. I understand. I admit it. I'm still a collector. <laughs> I know. I know. Marie in Toronto is our next caller. Marie, how are you? Hello. Hi. Welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zuma Radio. Uh-huh. I have a, a Hoosier glass that says on the, like a jar, and it says uh, 4080-A. Okay. And the number three is on the bottom of the jar. But there, I think originally there was uh, supposed to be a top on it, and I don't have the top. <laughs> um, this And this is, goes under the, the farm collectibles. And I know there are people who collect these. These are like a sealer, Right. I'm sorry? These are like sealers? The Hoosier glass? The Hoosier glass. It's like a, almost like a vase size. Okay. Uh, this is something. I'm getting stumped. Um, kitchen home collectibles. Hoosier glass. Oh, these. Okay, yeah. Uh, some of them, if they have advertising, you still have uh, like flower on them. Or if you have um, uh, the decals are still on them, they're worth money. Because um, yeah. these are so part. This has a design etched right in the glass. Yeah, people. These were very popular about 1970, 1980, when people were buying Hoosiers to put it. They were buying Hoosiers out of the 30s. Oh, okay. And they were trying to um, uh, uh, put them in. They needed stuff to put in the Hoosiers to make it authentic. Here, I've got an authentic Hoosier. Have to look over your shoulder. I had to look over your shoulder. You guys are talking about mason jars. Yes. They're mason oh my, jars. Why do you call it a mason every, jar? Every other guy in the studio is going, what is a Hoosier? Yeah, what are you what talking is it? about? You're talking about mason jars. They're just stupid mason jars. Okay, gotcha. I'm with you. Okay. No, but these are Hoosier. They I get it. They're with fancy mason jars. I got it. I got it. Yeah, no, this isn't a mason jar. No, no. It, much, yeah. No, but it's a container like that. I understand. Yeah, That's why she's saying without like the lid. We, and then you said a vase, and we're like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, well, it's like a vase size. You know? Right, yeah. just so everyone in the studio is having fits going, what on earth are they discussing this time? <laughs> mason jars is so how I described them. If I people. had one, I would have put it in front of the camera, but I didn't right. have one. Yeah, yeah. so of okay. course. Okay. But no, no, they were collectible. They're, right now they're going $20, $30, $40, $50. They don't have the same popularity they used to have. And a lot of it's coming out because a lot of that pine and stuff out of the 70s is out of favor now. People want the teak and they want uh, the more modern kitchen stuff. And this is what's hurting us. Okay? Our next caller is Ron in East York. Ron, how are you? Welcome to Consignment Heroes. Very good. 
Oh, what do you have? Mason jar one. I used to go to a bar years ago, and that's what they served your draft beer in. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Even now, some people yeah. get Caesars and like a. Uh, well, now they serve you in a like a six ounce glass, and you yeah. expect. Yeah. You know, My question is: Gold is a thousand and something an ounce. Yep. Right now, is there a difference in the price of fourteen, eighteen, and twenty-four oh, yeah. carats gold? Yeah. Now, this I should explain this really quickly. Actually, in what it happens is is that fourteen carat gold. Our 10-karat gold is 417 parts out of 1,000. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually do something on this. I'm going to actually do a podcast actually on this. And 14-karat gold is 583 parts out of 1,000, and 18-karat gold is 750 parts out of 1,000. Uh-huh. Well, well, I know. Sorry, I'm making this complicated. <laughs> well, no, you can use it as percentages. You, you can use okay. it as percentages. The higher the carat number, the more pure the gold. Yeah. 24 yes. carat being the best, 10 being the worst. Yes. Well, yes. No, okay. they have nine as well. Okay. And you could say 10 carat is generally 50% non-gold. Less so if you say the, the price of gold per ounce right now is, say, $1,600. If it's yep. 10 carat gold and you've got an ounce of it, about half, right? I've done all That's these. Right. Okay. Well, okay. So here's the difference. If you have ten karat, you have one gram of ten karat gold. We pay you eighteen dollars and eleven cents. If you have one carat of fourteen karat gold, we're paying you twenty five thirty five. Oh, you're losing everybody here. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> you're getting all that. <laughs> I'm trying to. Okay, I apologize. When people come into the store, we will work the math with them. Yeah. We say, here's what you have. Here's what it weighs. Here's what we pay. Mm-hmm. Any store that does not tell you that, run out the door. Right. Okay. okay run out. And if they say, well, I'm going to pay you, they offer you one price and offer you another price because you're leaving, ask them to run the math and be, and you can actually call me and say, I've got 10 carats of this, 10 grams of 14 carat. I'll say, you should be getting $253, okay? Uh We will tell you that over the phone. We will tell you your prices. The carat system, carat with the letter K, is about purity and gold. 10K is generally the lowest. It does go lower, but you rarely see it. But a lot of women are looking at their engagement rings going, whoa, 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 14K? Next he week, loves me less than 24K? Tune in next week. I will spend five minutes. I'll be more organized. I will have all this stuff down for you, and I'll explain gold and silver next week. The store is located at 10,341 Young Street, and uh, thank you so much. Have a good afternoon. Thank you, Ben. And th- hey, Bogart made an appearance today. Bogart's here, and also special thanks to Nathaniel Davidson for producing yes. the show today. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.